0: Yo, 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 it's your boy Max Wheezy. Today inside the barbershop, we're going to be discussing the Cardi B and Offset mess. Are they really going through it, or is it just for show? We've got a pretty good cuffing season discussion that will hopefully help you to not get played in 2019. We'll also talk about the strange phenomenon called blackfishing. And Katie and I will share our list of the top five quarterbacks of this era. Oh yeah, and what if you found out that your fiancé might be a little racist? Well, it recently happened to an NFL player. And of course, we'll break it down right here, right now, inside the barbershop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back inside The Barbershop. I'm Max Weezy, of course, and I'm joined by my homegirl, Dime, and my homie, KD, for this episode of The Barbershop. We have a lot to discuss, but first, a quick message from Dime. Dime, take it away.
1: Unfortunately, we live in a society where nobody cares about the truth because the lie is more entertaining. So, today, I want to talk about owning your truth in a world where the opposite is prevalent and more accepted. When I say owning your truth, I mean holding yourself accountable for the things you do, defending your name for the things you didn't do, all while learning how to deal with the aftermath gracefully. When you own your truth, you accept your responsibility for at least 50% of the situation, whether that be your actions, your words, or you allowing something to happen without removing yourself or speaking up. When you own your truth, You don't have to hide. Your words are credible and your opinions are still valid. You don't have to run. You don't owe anybody an answer and you won't feel the need to air anyone else out for their truth once you are comfortable owning yours. With that being said, please remember that you need not be worried about someone telling their version of your truth. When I say that, I mean friends, ex-lovers, and even family. People you've hung out with, people you have helped, people you have loved, people you have allowed into your space, people who have some things to own up to themselves even. It would be the ones you least expect. But them trying to harm you says more about them than it does about you. And when people try it, remember your reaction speaks volumes about you and your character. That means that you don't hate them and you don't try to get back at them because vengeance is not yours. Remove yourself from that situation because the toxic nature of a situation like that is what will have you feeling like you are losing. When really, if someone is trying to drag you down for living better, being better, and being happier, you're already on a higher level. They're attempting to dull your light steal your voice and take your happiness some will hate you because they don't understand why you're still so blessed after your past and i advise you to point them to our creator so i'll leave you with four pieces of advice one let god do his work he'll clean up his own house in due time just be sure you don't end up in the dustpan two silence is golden three Prove yourself by your works. And four, own your truth. Don't let it own you, period.
0: That was fire. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Dom sound like she don't want them black awareness.
0: <laughs> Bars. I mean, <laughs> in a way, it's definitely something that people uh, will, should be. who who You know, no matter what's happened to you this year, um, we're definitely trying to go to 2019 with some new energy. So I, I definitely appreciate um, Don for sharing that. All right. So we all know the story between Cardi B and Offset, right? They're together for a little bit, secretly get married, uh, have a baby girl then Culture with a K. They go through a little bit of drama, rumors about him uh, cheating and yada, yada, yada. A Instagram model comes out in a video and says that she did sleep with Offset and she did not know that uh, the marriage between Cardi B and Offset was uh, a serious one. So they end up splitting. Cardi B says in so many words in uh, Instagram lives and Instagram videos that she's got to take time to think about their relationship, that they possibly have fallen out of love. Um, she wants her, she, she you know, still cares for him as uh, the father of her child, but they need to figure th- some things out. So a little bit of time goes by, Offset sends a couple of tweets out and messages and you know, pleading for her to take him back. And he even pulls up on her at Rolling Loud, the Rolling Loud Music Festival. She's the headlining performer. Uh, Offset pulls up on her with uh, flowers and a a message saying, take me back. He goes up on stage. She looks pretty uh, upset about it. They talk it out a little bit. um, And we don't know what the aftermath aftermath of that is until pictures surfaced recently of cardi b and offset on a jet ski in puerto rico together uh looking like they're having a good time um there were some more videos posted from the both of them talking about just getting them getting back together at least for that moment in time and the whole circus has just uh flooded the news for weeks and so I wanted to know, uh, Katie, do you think this is real or all for show?
2: Well, um, me personally, I think it's all a front. Um, You know, we live in an age where social media is everything. Social media presence is literally everything from our last topic. I mean, the last show we, we were talking about Jacquees um, how he blew up the headlines once again over social media, so my thoughts is is that this is um a publicity stunt um and it did exactly what they wanted it to do, whether or not offset cheated, who really knows um but for me personally, I think it just goes to show that you know we could be gullible, you know. And it's kind of foolhardy to believe that there isn't anything going on like you just lamented to with the pictures of them surfacing um, on the jet ski in Puerto Rico. Um, That just goes to show you that they did nothing but push their own agenda, you know, get more popular, which brings them more money. So I do think it's for publicity.
0: Now, do you think I want to just get your, your perspective on this, too? Like they don't have... To, I don't think Cardi B has an album Or anything coming out and neither does Offset So like the question is I mean like I agree that Or you know I think there definitely could be, like, a publicity the factor in this, but, like, isn't it strange that they don't really have anything to promote, though? Like, normally people do this around, like, we talked about Ariana Grande, for example, like, doing this, or she's trying to promote a song, she's trying to, like, you know, promote music, but, like, they don't have anything that they're, I mean, Cardi B just had, had her new single, Money, come out, or whatever, but, like, it just doesn't seem like there's any reason like anything that that's coming out that like they would need to they would need publicity for isn't you know you know what i'm saying yeah i hear you but um you know that's the time that we live in
2: man it's it's not just about you know an album fame is everything you know um and that could be chalked up to how much a person is being talked about and let's face it they're the most talked about couple right now in music you know yeah, so the only ones you hear about really is Cardi being offset, you know, from his tweets. You know, he out there, oh y'all won, uh, or he's he's saying this and he's saying that, and all he's doing is bringing attention to them. Then that just gives them a platform to do whatever they want to. Who who's to not who's not to say that they don't have some secret collab coming up that we don't know about yet? You know, and it, it, they could turn around and they could turn around and drop it. You know, next week for all you know. But um, I definitely do think that it was a for publicity. Don, what do you think?
1: Honestly, I think it's both. I think it's definitely like to keep them in people's mouths, but also like Cardi B kind of seems like that fly by the seat of her pants type of chick anyway. Like everything is gonna be posted. She's like cut and dry. Like if she don't pull no punches. It's not, she not gonna hide something or whatever, unless it's culture. But like we know this from years of her being on Instagram sharing TMI stories of her in strip club or whatever. Like she's gonna like talk about her life, whether it's positive or negative. She's not gonna pull any punches with her fans or anyone else. With that being said though, I already knew when she posted that video that she was either probably still with Offset or was gonna get back with him soon. One because that's the father of her daughter. She's not gonna indefinitely just like forget about him and that's just gonna be her baby daddy. One. Two, she already lied to us before and said that he was still her fiance when really they had been married for months. I think she this might be a ploy to get people out of her business, but at the same time, she has to remember she's literally Cardi B now and nobody's gonna just leave her alone. Oh, her and Offset broke up, so there's no, there's nothing to see here no more. No. It's not going to work like that. I do think that there is something in the works between her and Offset as far as a single or an album is concerned. And I do think that it will give them a lot of attention to that, being that this publicity stunt is so recent. But I also do think there was a little bit of truth to that, that she's kind of tired of his mess.
2: Let's not forget the fact that, you know, this man spent $150,000 on some flowers and showed up at Rolling Loud with this big elaborate. Oh, let me get you back, bae, I miss you.
1: Which was, that's really lame because that was her moment and he kind of took that from her, but maybe they, that was planned, but. I
2: mean, doesn't it not seem like it was
0: planned? I mean, it's kind of hard. Planned
1: by both of them.
0: I feel like it, because, just because I I have some background in like of, like events and, you know, like, you know, like just like I I I know how events work you know what I'm saying but with both artistic events and like you know business events or whatever I have a little bit of background in that so like it's just for me like it's hard to believe that all that was planned out and like nobody communicated anything to anybody on Cardi's team or maybe like maybe it was but you know nobody said anything to her just because like it's it just does a disservice to the event, the people that are, like Rolling Loud, I guess like I guess, if we look at it as Rolling Loud as like a brand or a company that has this event every year, like, you know, Cardi B could have said, oh, I'm never performing Rolling Loud again. And, you know, that hurts, you know, if Cardi B continues on her success, you know, they're going to want her back. So that hurts their, you know, that hurts them to do that. So I feel like it's not a decision that, it's just very strange to me that no one would say anything to her about it. And it would be a complete surprise. And maybe there were some shady things going on, like maybe like offset sort of like sort of finessed it in a way, or somebody said something to some people that made it seem like she, she was going to know about it. Um, but it just kind of seems fishy that like it was a complete surprise. And, you know, I feel like either a lot of people got fired or it was just sort of like stage,
1: yeah that's true yeah
0: so um yeah f- for sure and i mean she did she did you know post a lot of videos when a lot of people were bashing him like she she like posted several things just about like you know even if I think she posted a video where she was like even if she found the perfect man or whatever, like you know no man's gonna love her daughter like you know her like offset will because offsets you know her daughter's father, so I think she did she sort of was leaning towards maybe going back because she posted a lot of things defending him you know she even posted a video about how she missed like you know the sex and whatnot. so like there was it's just this whole thing is sort of the way that she's kind of sort of like dealt with it publicly and really said a lot about it publicly, publicly could lead a lot of people to believe that it's just publicity but the my thing is just like okay why so maybe we'll find out why
1: Yeah, that's, maybe how that's I feel. it
0: maybe that's it um so yeah. And uh this is sort of a side note, but uh she's up for a Grammy for her album. And uh I think uh I don't I forgot who the other people were in her category, but uh her album was dope. I hope she wins. Let's rock we at the
3: barbershop. Let's rock we at the barbershop. Stay tuned.
0: Tell me how you would react if you found out that your significant other might have probably used to be racist. Well, that's what happened when uh Bears defensive player Charles Leno Jr. proposed uh to his girlfriend at midfield at the Bears game now again Charles is a player on the Bears. They won the the NFC North division. And in celebration of that, he decided to propose at his girlfriend at the middle of the field, and that was a sweet story that um, was all over the Twitter and Sports Center or whatever um, the day of and the day after. But um, old so context: Charles is a, a black p- football player; his girlfriend's white. And uh, what happened was a few days later, her old tweets from college. Um, about mixed babies um, and clowning uh, black men and saying things, saying t- stereotypical things, and using the N word appeared, reappeared um, that people found, and of course they're now tweets. Those tweets are now deleted, but she said things like. Just like in general, I don't know who she was speaking about in this tweet, but I'm just reading t- her tweets. She said things like this dude, pitch black. Like I know black guys, but he's like burnt toast black. Um, in another tweet, she said, ghetto people are always naming their kids after stuff they can't afford. Mercedes, Diamond, Bentley, Pearl, bill rent car insurance.
1: Oh my God, that's horrible.
0: <laughs> uh, in another tweet, uh, let's see. She says, it's funny how black guys treat white girls on the campus. It makes me gonna. It makes me want to go back to talking to white guys. Um, and she said, it's true what they say about black guys, probably why I can't bring myself to talk to a white man again. And uh, I can't, I don't know what this one is about. This is kind of weird. I can't tell if loving basketball is why I love black guys or if I love loving basketball because I love black guys. Um, so anyway, a lot of things that, were, that are sort of like, cringy and problematic and i have not seen any news about um if they're still together i'm sure they probably are but um those tweets resurfaced from a long time ago and it's sort of like 2018 like i have to say guys 2018 was the year when a lot of people a lot of people's old tweets have resurfaced Mm -hmm. so you know, you might want to scrub through your tweets, <laughs> tweets, your old <laughs> tweets, because uh, a lot of people's like old tweets are just coming back to bite them, and that's been mm. that's, ha- that's been happening all year. So, yeah. um, really, there's a lot of different angles that we could go with this. Um, a lot of people commented on Twitter; they made this whole thing about like uh, how like white women only target black athletes for a check, which is like a whole different conversation. Um, a lot of there was a lot of different angles that people like took this and really just like made it a big thing. Um, but what I want to what I've got out of it and what I wanted to ask you guys is um should black people hold their non black significant others more accountable? And I used non black instead of like white because there's different there's other examples of like um black people that have like Hispanic or um Asian or whatever, like they have like another significant other that's not black but and sometimes like, you know, they get too comfortable and you know blah blah, blah. so um to start with you do you think black people should hold their non-black significant others more accountable
1: i do just because like there's not you don't have to be straight up racist but you can be like a little racist and i've seen i see it all the time in interracial relationships where the guy is black and the girl is not black where like she'll say things and it'll be cute but not really it's more so racist or stereotypical or even if the even if the woman's black and the guy is a different race you know they say different things that maybe they're comfortable with and if that this if that's what they're comfortable with that's fine but it doesn't take away the fact that it is still stereotypical or racist but also i feel like bringing up somebody's old tweets is like so unnecessary because what if he knew that's how she was or what if he knew that's how she used to be And then all y'all are doing now is like bringing up her old old tweets that she probably forgot about or isn't like that anymore or whatever, trying to tarnish the reputation of their relationship. So it's like, yeah, keep track of what you tweet or what you used to tweet or whatever. Turn on that auto tweet delete or whatever you have to do. But at the same time, just don't say racist things. It's quite
0: simple. And that's the bottom line to all the white people listening. Any, <laughs> anybody.
1: Don't say anybody, racist
0: stuff. Don't be don't be racist. Or anybody. I mean anybody can be racist, mm-hmm. so don't be racist. Um, Katie, what do you what do you think? Should should black people hold non black significant others more accountable for their actions?
2: Um well first let me let me say something about the old girl. Um, you know, she might have went on and said all these things on Twitter and, and did this, that and the third. But at the end of the day, I mean, who does it look bad on? Because here she is getting ready to marry a black man. So, it's kind of like you spend all this time, energy, and effort saying all these things, being racist, saying these negative things, whether it was for publicity, or if that's how you really felt. And then you end up with a black man anyway. So, in that fashion, the joke is on her. Um, Mm, Okay. But, when it comes to the situation of a significant other I don't think it necessarily has to be with a significant other um, it could be with friends that are that you have that are close to you that are of a different race because we have all been in that situation where we've had a friend because see we're black but we had a friend that was white that might have said something that was a little too far out but we kind of swept it under the rug, we brushed it away um, case point I used to work with a I used to work with a white girl that used to always say racist black stuff and you know I didn't really say anything about it because I know she didn't really mean anything by it but still the the point is still there it's like you said Don it shouldn't be said in the first place you know and honestly it's not a lot of black folks out here that is doing those kind of things. It's normally people of other ethnicities. Um, so, but it really goes for anybody. If you're in a situation, the best thing for you to do is to not exasperate the whole thing. Don't make it um, about race. Don't make it a racist comment. It's not necessary, you know? And, uh, do people need to be held more accountable for it? Yeah, they do. But will that happen?
0: Who knows? Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you feel like, and either you know, any, either one of you can jump in on this, but do you feel like it's our responsibility, maybe if we have a close friend um, that's ever different, that's not black, or if we, you know, you guys are already set, but I, I mean, in a scenario where you're not engaged, I'm married, okay, mm-hmm. like if you're with a white person um, or, or any, somebody that's not black, um, is, it our, is it our responsibility as black people to like, educate them or do you yeah. feel like they, sh- they should like do it themselves? No,
1: it is definitely, if you are a black person and you have a friend or a relative-in-law or whatever or a spouse or a partner that is not black, and they start saying off the wall stuff or, you know, even the jokes that we as fellow black people exchange that are funny between black people or that relate to our struggle as black people that we find funny. It's not funny when somebody of another race says it because they cannot relate, nor is it funny when they say it because now it's, it's taken as a personal attack because they're not black. So it's like, it's up to us to let them know, hey, I don't hate you for saying that, but please don't say it again. Like, because I can't tell you what another black person is gonna do if you say it in front of them. This is why it's hurtful. This is why it's painful. Or this is why it's just plain inappropriate or not funny. You know, you can't say that, or you can't joke about different things that black people joke about because, you know, it's like that thing that your parents always say that they want our rhythm, but not our blues. You can't joke about things if you don't know necessarily where those things come from or why we joke about certain things or why we say certain words that are not okay for people of other races to say because because you're not black, you're not from that culture or different things like that. Because I'm sure there are other cultures that have jokes that are just for them, that they can say between each other and it'll be taken in jest, but if I walk up and say it, they will be offended because I'm not part of that culture and I don't know anything about that, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My my viewpoint on it is um I think this I think it's arguable. Um not to take away from what Don said, but when it comes to when it comes to that situation, um I mean, do we really know like okay, so she used an example of black people, let's say for example, black people saying N word. How many black people do we all know that really know the history behind that other than it's something that white folks used to say about black people in a derogatory manner so i'm i've never been the person that i is i really feel like it's based off of how a person how you perceive what that person is saying you know because i've had white people that I've been really close to and they've been really close friends and yeah, they joke sometimes but it's not like I take offense to it. Now might I tell them, hey you know, you can say those things around me but you should be careful you should be careful saying it around other people yeah, I might do that but I'm not going to sit up here and act like, okay well, since they said this, I'm automatically offended you know, because You know, because who's not to say that we do something like that to them, you know, because I mean, it, it is possible, you know, it doesn't always have to be a white person saying something derogatory to a black person or, you know, a person of mixed race or anything, you know, it could be anybody. And I guess that's the point I'm trying to bring across. So I don't want it to be, you know, construed as, well, this is only something that you can you can't say this. Even though I know that you aren't, you know, being mean about it, being rude about it. But that's just something that you have to be careful about. And, you know, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I think everyone can be educated at any time um, about these things. We just had an example come out. I think it just happened uh, in the past couple of days where... Uh, LeBron James posted a video on his Instagram account and he was like singing along to a uh, 21 Savage song 21 Savage just dropped his album shout out 21 Savage um but <laughs> <laughs> nah but he, he LeBron was like in the car like and he he sung the lyrics and he posted the lyrics on his on in the in the uh, on his little Instagram story on the little you know you could write the caption in the, in the video or whatever Lion. and it was a line about like Jewish money which like in his opinion, and in, in mine personally, like if you hear, go back and listen to the song. I forget which song it is, but like um, the line is actually a compliment because, but it's also a stereotype, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Jews, Jews like having money, blah blah blah. You know, not a bad one in my opinion, but like people, he, he, LeBron got a lot of criticism about that. So again, like it made people, it made people feel bad. So it's like. So it's like, we all can, I'm just saying all this to say, like we, we can all be, to gay, to, gay, to gay D's point, we can all be uh, educated, you know, sometimes about, you know, how people feel about certain stereotypes, and certain things that we're in. And it's just important, you know, for us to teach each other at the, at the end of the day. I agree. Go ahead, I
1: agree with KD definitely. Cause it's not just people of other races being stereotypical towards black people. I don't feel that way. I just feel like a lot of the time, because just like you said, if that stereotype that stereotype about Jewish people was not a bad one, but it was still a stereotype. How many stereotypes about Black people are actually good? Like, <laughs> we, we're, we are always the butt of the joke most of the time when it comes to stereotypes and things like that. Just from her tweets alone, they were funny, but it's like, why are you saying this? And this is not like props to Black people. This is, oh, Black people do this or Black people do that. You know, so it's like, I understand where Katie is coming from when he says that everybody needs to be aware of the stereotypes that that they put on other people because black people, I'm going to just say it, we are quick to be like, white people be like, or this and that, or that's white people that do that, blah, blah, blah. So we should be held accountable too, but at the same time, our stereotypes that are thrown at us as black people are almost never positive, you know? It's not about like Jewish people always got money. Yeah, well, black people are always ashy, broke, whatever. Like, it's never good. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Yeah, and I think that hopefully at the end of the day, I think that this um, football player, you know, and anybody in an in a interrelation, mm Anybody in an interracial relationship, especially if you choose to marry that person, and obviously this player has has chosen that he's gonna you know get married to this person. If they if it works out and they get married, then it's an opportunity for um, him to have a lifelong conversation about about uh, you know race and understanding. And hopefully at this point, those kids were from t- 2012, so six years later, you would hope that. You know she's growing up. She's matured. She's like evolved in her thinking. We've we've all had times in our lives where we you know had ignorant thoughts about you know about stuff. So hopefully she's she's uh, changed. But again, when you choose to marry somebody of a different race, it's always going to be a lifelong conversation about uh, where you're learning about a different culture, about a different um, point of view. So I think hopefully there's some growth in their relationship um, from this, but. Um, You know, for anybody who's in a a interracial relationship, I would just say that uh, it's important to continue having the conversations and really uh, finding a common ground. And I think we can definitely do that, even with our friends. so. So, yeah,
3: I agree. Right. All right,
0: so speaking on the race topic, BBC News recently did a story about blackfishing and basically covered uh, a few different Instagram influencers that uh, have been aclu- accused of pretending to be black in order to up their popularity, um, in order to uh, make money from companies that use that using their image, um, which just happens to be racially ambiguous to begin with. Uh, but they the, these women were essentially accused of pretending to be black um, so black fishing has been an ongoing conversation for years as I mentioned before um, but specific examples include um, Kim Kardashian um, and all, really all of her sisters uh, but there's definitely been an ongoing conversation about uh, women who may be who essentially are European or white uh, to begin with, but they just happen to, um, for whatever reason, it's not always plastic surgery. They just naturally have bigger lips, wider noses, um, darker skin. They can tan really well, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So BBC news did this whole story. They, they um, found a few different models um, that they talked to um, one, including uh, Jaden Gumby, um, And a few others, uh, Nicole Gaines, a bunch of people on uh Twitter and Instagram that have just been slammed and criticized and accused of trying to be black when really they're they're uh white. So, uh, it's a crazy topic actually, but um, Dime, I want to ask you. Do you think racially ambiguous models uh, take attention and money away from black women?
1: Oh, definitely. Because, you know, not even saying that they mean to, they just do. Because, you know, it's I see personally in the beauty industry that you either have to be racially ambiguous or look like you could be like maybe five different races, but you can pass for black or you have to be dark skinned like extremely dark skin. There is no brown skin, lighter skin, caramel skin. So it's kind of like an an extreme on either side. And racially ambiguous women appeal to, not appeal, but they're easier to advertise. So that's who you see as the face of different things or on billboards or things like that because anybody can look at that woman and be like, oh, she kind of looks like me, or oh, she has my nose, or oh, she has my eye color. Oh, she has my skin color. So they they can, they're more versatile, I guess, than black women, but they can also appeal to black women as well. So that's why they're marketed so heavily. So when I see these influencers like on Instagram or Twitter promoting different things, different makeup brands, different things like that, for a lot of them, I thought, well, first of all, that girl that we're talking about, I thought she was black too for the longest time. I followed her. Until her real picture came out, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I thought she was black or mixed with black or things like that when she was not black at all, but it goes to show how heavily that influence is being like pushed, you know,
0: yeah, for sure, I was the same way because I actually they they used Jade and Gumby in the story, and i actually I followed her for like a while now, so and I knew that she was kind of like she would kind of like go between white and black in her pictures, but like it's just crazy um." But yeah, um it's we're definitely gonna touch on some of the things you mentioned, but I wanna get to Katie first. Do you think that they that they're um taking some uh influence or money away from black women, Katie? Yeah, I mean it's it is possible. Um I actually sat down and watched
2: the video, um, that she that this girl did and she interviewed and
0: We're talking about just to be for everyone's clarity, uh they did a, a video with um I can't really pronounce her name, it's like Aga It's like some really, like, European name. European name, but I think she went by, like, Alicia in the story or whatever. But, um, yeah, you guys can look it up. It's BBC News Blackfishing, and you'll see what we're talking about. But go ahead, Katie.
2: Yeah, so I I, I watched this video, and I watched it several times. Um, And and to me, it's hard to believe that this really is even a thing, Um, that we have we have become so pointed in that fashion, you know, so, of course, you know, she could be lying, but, you know, she made it sound like you know, that wasn't her intentions. One thing you can tell is that she put the picture of her before and after. She was like 13 then a picture now and that's like two different people. You ain't gonna tell me she didn't have something done. Um, But as far as how it goes um unfortunately that's the way that the world is set up you know um i'm happy for you know our black uh people that influencers and promoters and everybody out there who is trying to do things you know for skincare and makeup and etc etc and do i believe that there should be more yeah but this is just another situation where you have somebody exploiting a system and people eat that up. You know, we talk about it all the time. Like Don just said it um, about how there is no real middle ground as far as racially goes. Even when you see it with big companies like Belks and J.C. Pennies and everybody else who advertises um, their new clothes and new designs, you know, they always have that one quote-unquote token black person up there, but they're really just light-skinned, and it, and this really could be a situation of that, you know who's not to say that they're not doing the same thing, so it really is something to be mindful of but I don't really think that there's anything at this time that can be done about it um, it's just unfortunately a, a we just have to take an L in that fashion you know, um If they can make money off that, exploit it and make money off that, go for it. And I'm not saying that everybody who is doing this, you know, is doing it for that intended purpose, because I know a lot of uh, either white people or just light skin colored people that tan and when they tan, they tan really nicely, you know, so nothing against them. But for the people that are using it in this situation, they, you know, shame on them.
0: Yeah, I feel like the frustration comes from the black community. The number one frustration is that, you know, these these uh, people, these models can t- can turn uh, their blackness, so to speak, on and off um, when it's convenient for them. And obviously, like, if they're, you know, getting paid to look a little bit darker for a certain um, product, you know, or a certain photo shoot, then obviously they're, you know, benefiting from black, and then when they can go home, they can like, you know, get pale again and and be white and and be ex, you know more accepted by society. Um, So I think that's that's the number one frustration frustration. But Don, since you're more like of in the you're more in the makeup world, obviously, and you're you know you're a beautician, so you're more in that lane. Like, do you feel like? Do you really feel like? I mean, because there's definitely a lot, a lot of black girls that are like doing their thing, so in that fashion, like, do you feel like spots are being taken away from black girls in terms of like getting, getting their share? Uh, or do you feel like it's sort of evened out? Like, do you feel like black women have their own lane and they, and they get, they're doing just fine.
1: I mean, I feel like because of this whole black fishing thing and people or brands using racially ambiguous women more black women have decided to create their own bag and, make their own line of makeup products or sell sell different things on their own. They're not waiting to be picked up by bigger brands. They're making their own brands. So I feel like they're making spots for themselves. So we're still making it happen. It's just because we have to work twice as hard.
2: Exactly. And I like to add to that, you know, I think about if there's, one, if there's one black person that I know that I really feel like is in their bag right now, I really feel like this Rihanna. Oh yeah. Because Rihanna has has stuck her hands in several different pots, you know, from perfume to to um makeup to this, that, and this thing. She has submerged herself into this market where it's not necessarily easy for black women to be. And you know, they came out with the Forbes list a few weeks ago. Talking about the richest people and how the net worth of Jay-Z, you know, the rock hard, you know, from the hood, you know, turned millionaire philanthrop- philanthropist that he is. He has the same net worth as Kylie Jenner. I think that's the gen- one of them. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner who you know hasn't been on this earth but not even a third of how long he has but she has
0: so much Well maybe he we had he's a, he's that old he's, he's over 60 No, Jay-Z's not over 60.
1: Uh he is not over 60 but yeah. he's close
2: to it though. He he's close
0: very to it. he's old. I think like, he is 60. He might be 59. Oh, okay, go
2: ahead. Sorry man. He, he might but be Colley like J- a,
1: he might be like a cool 57.
2: Oh, okay, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> you and, Kylie Jenner, is, and <laughs> right. Kylie Jenner is maybe what, 21, 22? Yeah, 22.
1: Yeah, she just turned 20, 20. 22, yeah. I think.
2: Okay, so, you know, not to mention the fact that she's white, but she has the whole push of the Kardashian family behind her. So that goes to show you that, hey, you know, nothing against her makeup line. You know, apparently it's really good and people love it. You know, that's fine and dandy. But that net worth has something to do with it. Unfortunately, that's a pool that she has to take from that, let's say, somebody like Rihanna doesn't have. So, um, and she is another one of those people who you could arguably put in that black fishing category. Yeah, I said, yeah. In, the, yeah, so, I said in
0: the beginning, like, Kim Kardashian, our sisters, pretty much at one time or another have been like acc- accused of like, you know, appropriating you know, and blackfishing yeah. and all that stuff, so yeah.
1: But I do I do not want to like... 49
0: by the way, go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, he, <laughs> he old, is old. My... Yeah, he is old, go ahead.
1: Anyway, I'm just saying that I'm not faulting Kylie for being in her bag because you, you know she has connections and you use those connections to make your money, you know? So, I'm not gonna fault her for like using the people that she knows or the money that she already had to start her business because she's she's still a woman out here making it happen on her own like on her own accord like making sure that her makeup is what it's supposed to be and pushing it herself like she is always advertising and advertising and pushing her stuff but at the same time it's like because a lot of other black women don't have those resources or things like that. They have to work twice as hard, but that doesn't take away from the fact that women in general are making it happen for the beauty industry
2: so then so then let me let me ask you this Dom mm-hmm. what makes if you, if you say that you can't fault Kylie for using the tools that she has available to push her brand and push herself further. Mm-hmm. then what is the real argument for these women that are so-called these other women that are so-called blackfishing
1: well because kylie same thing? Kel- kylie is selling eyeshadow palettes and lip kits there's not necessarily a need for her to blackfish anybody because she swatches on her arm not on her lips first of all like she sells makeup And anybody can buy that. I'm not talking about her shade range of her foundations and things like that, because those suck. But the point is, I'm not saying that she is using a black woman's platform to sell these things. These women that are black fishing or who are racially ambiguous and are able to sell both black products and white products, they are the ones that are able to Kind of take the spotlight away from actual black women who can do the
0: same thing. I think thing. you're saying her business is separate from her modeling, like right, modeling. Exactly.
1: Like she mod- when she models, I do believe that sometimes it is black fishing. But as far as like selling and that's her, her business. business. it's separate. She's not. Yeah. Her business right. is
0: separate. Okay. And the b- the bottom line of the story and what was really brought out was um, a lot of these. I think every woman that they interviewed said that they weren't intentionally trying to be, to be black, uh, on purpose. And they're not trying to, and they recognize that, or they've learned at least that from conversations with people that they have, uh, responsibility, uh, so to speak, to make it clear that, um, you know, that they're not trying to be trying to be black and also like making sure that they don't, uh, intentionally or, or try to, to do that because of the, again, we talked about educating, you know, the background of, um, of, you know, how, how people can't black, real black people can't take, take off their blackness. They have to wear it all the time for good or for bad. So I think at the, I think at the end of the day, I think dime, you're absolutely right. I think there, there is, there's definitely black women that have their own lane, but it's definitely something to to keep track of and keep watch of for sure because it's definitely it's definitely a thing for sure
3: all
1: right so moving on to sports saints defensive end cam jordan made waves in the media by leaving Steelers qb ben ross left burger if that's how you say it out of the top five qb conversation and he even implied that big ben isn't a hall of famer Katie, who would you put on your top five QB list of this era? But keep in mind, this era is defined as the past 10 years, so 2008 till now. Go.
2: Um... Hmm. All right. So I kind of have a mixed group here. Um, I'm going to say that the top QB is the number one spot scoring to Aaron Rodgers. Um... I still think that he is the best quarterback to have um, in terms of his talent and his way of making things happen. So, I have him locked in spot number one. Spot number two is going to go to Tom Brady. Uh, Once again, he's another great quarterback. He has several rings um, even though he has been mixed up in cheating and other frivolous things he's gonna have the number two spot um number three I'm going to put as Drew Brees Drew Brees has had a stellar career he's kind of been overlooked based off of Tom Brady and um you know everybody else so I hate that he doesn't get as much love As he does um, But he's definitely in the top 5 In my category Um, That leads me to number 4 Number 4 I want to put Peyton Manning um, Based off the fact of his body of work When he was with Indianapolis Colts As well as when he was with the Broncos He's done a lot He's proved a lot And he's proved that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. And my number 5 spot, I was a little divided on, but honestly, I'm going to give it to Russell Westbrook. I mean, I'm um, Russell Wilson, excuse me. I'm going to give number 5 spot to Russell Wilson. Um, I believe that he is in the start of his career, his career is just getting started. Um, out of the draft that he came in, he's currently the only quarterback that's still left. Um, You know, just watching the game last night, you can see that he was, you can see that the way that he was able to make things happen, um, the way that he was able to move the ball, get the ball down the field and score. You know, Kansas City is the top offense in the league right now, besides the Saints. Um, but he was carving up their secondary last night, and he's done it season after season after season after season. You know, he's he's been the quarterback to play through injuries. Um, he's been the quarterback to, despite having injuries, despite having setbacks, despite the drama that ar- surrounds them or their team, that they have made things happen. And for that reason. I'm giving him the number five spot.
0: Um. Okay, so just uh, and so Russell Wilson came out in the 2012 draft. So Andrew Luck is still around. Um, out of his draft class, you forgot about him, but um, just throwing that, just putting that in there. But um,
2: well, I mean, Andrew Luck has been hurt up for the last two. Oh years. no, you just said the only person left out of his draft class.
0: Yeah, Andrew Luck's still playing, so he's not the only one left. Is that, I don't
2: know what you, is a anyway I, I guess I meant when I said left I meant like that's actually prevalent oh, doing something yeah, yeah. I guess he could add I guess you could add Andrew Luck to that oh, category yeah, yeah. but when I met everybody around his era I am talking about the RG3 and the Colin Kaepernick and, and all the other people who came in around that time period okay. that you know are currently not starters oh, okay. or not even gotcha. playing okay, okay. um
0: alright sorry about that um All right. So, yeah. um, Yeah. So I think, I mean, Cam Jordan, I could go into a whole like rant about just how ridiculous he is. I think like, you know, I think I understand the spirit of conversation and everything like that. But um, first of all, like he was saying that um, Big Ben's like not a hall hall of famer, which is ridiculous. Or um, So I I think that's definitely not true, but top five is definitely a different conversation. Um, but if you look at this era, the past ten years, um, my list is is pretty uh, simple, um, and it's number one Tom Brady, uh, number two Peyton Manning, then uh, my three Aaron Rodgers, number four Ben Roethlisberger, um, and number five Drew Brees. Um, you know, the, I I've put a lot of thought into this. Uh, Philip Rivers was definitely brought up in that in that uh, in that interview. With Cam Jordan, I definitely think Philip Rivers is talented, but he just has not won enough. Like you know, playoffs is one thing, but he hasn't even like really gotten to the playoffs that much in recent years. The Chargers look really good this year, but Philip Rivers just has not done enough in that ten-year span for me um, to put him in the top five of the of the era um, in that time span. Peyton Manning played in two Super Bowls um, from that 2008 to 2018. Um, Time span, so I definitely and he was playing at a high level. I think in 2013 is when he broke like a bunch of passing records um, that were that have been broken since by Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But um, so I have to definitely, since he's been playing for the majority of that time span at a high level, I definitely have to put Peyton Manning um, up above Aaron Rodgers because while Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback um, and he's been for the longest time that talent hasn't translated to um, a lot of uh, playoff success. Um, And I think this is the second straight season where he'll miss the playoffs. So, um, you know, he had that one Super Bowl in 2011. But, you know, ever since then, he like made one NFC championship. Um, So and and the rest of the playoffs has been like he's been out like the wild card around a divisional. So, um, you know, I just think Aaron is definitely the most talented, but he just doesn't win enough for me. Um, big, I mean Drew Brees same thing like impressive numbers but you know you go seven to nine three straight years I can't put you like high in the top five of this era when you know Tom Brady Peyton Manning and Big Ben have won Super Bowls in that time span um, so yeah definitely uh, definitely uh, yeah Tom Brady's my number one then Peyton Aaron Big, big Ben and Drew Brees <laughs> Um, and I know, like, Katie, like, what do you think about just like the what Cam Jordan said in terms of like Ben, Big Ben, like not being a top five or not being a Hall of Famer? Like, do you think that? Because he brought up, he also brought up the point, like, yeah, okay, Big Ben's won two Super Bowls, so is Eli. So like, he he sort of like threw that in there, but I don't think that really counts. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think of, just about Big Ben in terms of his like status as a all time great or whatever?
2: I think that he'll get into the Hall of Fame, of course, uh, yeah. based off his body of work. But I, I'm not going to put him in top five. Um, and, and honestly, his play has declined over the years, um, which has been unfortunate when he's had a completely loaded team around him. Um, and I've never liked the fact of how he's quick to push the blame off of somebody else. He's never the, he's never the one that's right. I mean, it's never his fault. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. He's always throwing somebody else under the bus. I, you know, I just can't get behind that. Uh, I, I just really can't. So, as as far as it goes, as far as it goes with him, I mean, it it, it, it really is what it is. I, he's a top 10 quarterback. Though, there's no doubt in my mind. Um... But his overall body of work, the fact that he's been able to take his team and pull his team there. I can say that about Drew Brees. I can say that about Tate Manning. I can say that about uh, Russell Wilson. I can say that about Tom Brady. You know, all these other quarterbacks I can say that about. I just cannot say that about Big Ben.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I have him in my top five. I think it's ridiculous to say that he's not a Hall of Famer or whatever. I think the Eli comparison was was crazy. I mean, Eli has, has definitely been a great playoff quarterback, but, I mean, it's it's not even – that's I, 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 think, I think that was just, like, ridiculous to say. But, um, you know, I think Big Ben's – I mean, he's definitely he – you can say his play has, has declined, but, like, when you look at what's around him, um, I definitely think, like, he makes – things work there like he butts heads with a lot of you know players but like you know i i believe like it was antonio brown like a second or third fourth round pick like i feel like you know who would antonio brown be if he was with a different quarterback you know what i'm saying or let's that wasn't you know somebody as talented as big ben you know what i'm saying so i think he's made a lot of things work in pittsburgh i don't think they have missed the playoffs um, two seasons in a row, so I think like his ability just to always be consistent in terms of playoff appearances and in terms of you know it's, the franchise itself is kind of dysfunctional. I think I think head coach has a lot to do with that. I think Mike Tomlin has made some questionable decisions like sometimes, so I, I don't think it's all on Big Ben, but I think he's he's been pretty consistent throughout the years. Russell Wilson I thought about for my top five, but uh, I think his body of work is so like recent like I think I mean yeah he's like been to two Super Bowls he's won one so you could definitely like put him in the conversation I definitely did think about him but I really think like he gets too much credit for the first one I think the defense definitely carried him um, for that first one Um, and that was very obvious in the Super Bowl because they shut down everything the Broncos were doing um, in that one Um, and I was actually incorrect Peyton Manning that just made me think Peyton Manning's been to three Super Bowls in that, in the times in the last ten years, not two because I forgot about the one they lost to the Seahawks. But anyway, um, but anyway, yeah. So Russell Wilson to me doesn't get a lot, doesn't get all my credit for the first Super Bowl. But um, I mean, he definitely has been has been good. I just think like the the body work um, isn't. I wouldn't put his over the the ones that I listed above him. And Andrew Luck is a is a good player too. I think he's he's like. To me, a little bit more talented than Russell, but I wouldn't put him in my top five yet either. All right, y'all, it is time to jump into the cuffing season topic of the day. And, you know, when you guys hear this, it'll almost be... We're gonna be right on the the edge of twenty nineteen. It's right around the corner. I (laughs) can smell it.
1: No no. Um, (laughs) doubt. No.
0: It's right. I can see it on the calendar. But nah twenty nineteen is coming, uh it is fast approaching. And for this coming season topic, I and myself, Diamond Katie are gonna give you guys one big tip on how not to get played in twenty nineteen. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with mine uh, and I see this a lot. This is not just, you know, guys, I see girls kind of fall into this too. Sometimes we've all like, you know, from the, from a young age, um, until now, no matter how old you are by now, you probably have seen at least one or two examples, maybe more of how it looks when somebody that really, really likes you, um, you know what it looks like, you know, You know, when someone shows interest in you, you you know, like what that, what that looks like, you know what it is, you know how it feels, you know how how they act. So if you know what that looks like and you know what that feels like, don't, if you don't want to get played in 2019, don't allow yourself to overexert your time, effort and energy into anybody that's not showing you that interest because we all know what that looks looks and feels like. So instead of being hung up on one person, that's not showing you effort, that's not showing you interest. That's not making you feel like you felt in the past when people that have liked you have shown it. Um, my advice to not get played is to continue to, um, until that person shows interest, or maybe if they don't, you know, move on, find yourself, go travel, go meet new people, go explore, go line out, get outside of your box, get outside of your comfort zone, get outside of your zip code um, and travel, move around, make new friends, Make find new experiences, go to parties, go to events, go to dinners, go to whatever, um, meet people, introduce yourself and just widen out so that you're not spending the whole time. 2019 stuck on one person that's not really showing you any effort or interest because you don't deserve that. You deserve somebody that is going to, uh, show you all the, the energy that you deserve. And, um, that friendships, relationships, all that it's 50, 50. So if if a person's not giving you their 50%, move on, meet new people and spring 2019, uh, the way you want to and not stuck on somebody that's not showing you any interest or effort.
1: All right. Well, mine is pretty simple. I would say don't hold yourself to a type of guy or girl that you want to be with or that you like based on what you think their personality is like or what they look like or what race they are or whatever because that is like the main way to get yourself messed up because the person, the people in that type may not find you to be their type. So get out of the type thing and get more into what that person is going to add to your life and what you can add to their life, no matter where they come from or what they look like or things like that. It's all about growing together. And you can't it's not a build a partner workshop. You got to you got to work at it. So don't hold yourself to a type. You need to find what's going to be healthy for you and who you're going to benefit as well.
2: Right. My topic or my advice that I would give and it doesn't necessarily have to be for a guy, it can be for a girl too is to know yourself and know your self-worth I feel that and I'll, I'll say it from both sides I feel that for men men are quick to jump into a new relationship And not really have all of the pieces, not really have all of the information um, about that person um, or about themselves, you know, to be able to handle a new relationship. And a lot of time and energy has to go into making us a successful relationship. Um, And to be honest, a lot of people don't have that, whether they're impatient or whatever the reason is they just do not have that so for guys my first thing would be to know yourself if you know yourself um, if you truly know what you like that leaves no time to have to figure all of that stuff out when you're actually in the relationship because at that point it becomes too late now for women women I would say it is know the importance of your self worth. We live in a time where um, women get the bad end of the stick when it comes to relationships. And women are more likely to carry that burden, um, that funk, you know, to a new relationship, whether they even get in a new relationship because they're scared, they don't, they don't, want to have to go through the same thing that they went through in their last breakup so my advice to women would be to know your self-worth know how important you are and don't be afraid to turn somebody down if they don't value you the same way that you value yourself now i'm not saying you know be out there being all cocky because there is such a thing as going too far with it but Being in a position where you value yourself the way you need it to be valued is key. And it's important for women to know that. And that's
0: what I got to say. Katie, what do you, yeah, and like, what do you think is like the number one, um, Thing that maybe might be blocking somebody from seeing their self worth. Like if somebody is like, "Yeah, I know I need to like I need to love myself. I need to do better." Or maybe Dom can answer this. Maybe from a woman's perspective. But um, like, what do you what do you what's blocking people from seeing that? Do you do what What have you seen in that that aspect? I feel that when it comes to
2: um, women, when they they get themselves into a situation where they're really feeling a guy they really feel like well he might be the one and then they have the rug pulled from under them you know and it could have went a different way um for several reasons if she saw the warning signs ahead of time and you know wasn't fooled by you know his charismatic charismatic way about him you know he could come across as a gentleman, but you get with him and you find out that he's a jerk. Well, that plays a part on your, your relationship because you're hurt. You're hesitant to move on to somebody. And I feel like the most, the biggest one is, is that women are so afraid of being hurt by the next person that they talk to that they sell themselves short um, of a real good guy and it happens a lot you know you know they call you know women are you know and rightfully so when they've been done wrong that's the only way they know how to cope to protect themselves but sometimes women push away you know guys that are good for them and it's important to be in the mindset to know know these things ahead of time you know if a woman knows herself ahead of time and a man knows himself ahead of time, then by the time that they progress to talking to somebody or wanting to get with somebody, then they should already have all of that ironed out and they should be able to move right into their relationship. So that's my take on it.
0: Dime, from your perspective, like, what do you think is the biggest blocker Like this in the past year, like what did you you see that, or maybe just in your personal experience? I don't mean you can speak for yourself or other people, but like, what did what did you see as the biggest block block blocker or blockage in terms of people seeing their self Um, worth?
1: Honestly, just the just the the emphasis on trying to be in a relationship period, because you know a good relationship, a healthy relationship takes time. And if you don't give it that time, it's not going to it's not it's not going to do anything. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to flourish. And at the end of the day, you end up forgetting yourself. So you have to really just you have to know your worth and you have to know what you will put up with and what you won't. And you have to also know what is abusive behavior or what is unhealthy behavior in a relationship and what's not. And stop trying to focus on having a relationship and start focusing on trying to have a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it goes back to you know, just what I was saying. Like we you know what it looks like. Even even you know, we you know, Dime, Katie, you guys have both been there, I'm sure. Even if it was somebody that you didn't like, uh, necessarily, but like they liked you, like you know what it looks like when somebody like likes you. You know what those like, you know, things that they'll like they want to spend time with you like they might like you know get you gifts or things or just like you know hit you up and you know talk to you so we like we all know like what when somebody does care about us whether it's even if it's like family members and stuff like we know like what that is supposed to look like and i think like um for some people if you don't know what that looks like then it could could probably be a a issue with finding your self-worth and really getting with the person that treats you the right way um but if you have had that experience before where again, even if you didn't like the person, like they liked you and, the, and they act and you know how they act, were acting, if the person that you like and the person that you're with isn't showing that same interest, then I think it's something just to pay attention to. Um, So we're not playing ourselves in 2019. Is there anything? I guess we could talk about just real quick. This wasn't on the on the schedule, but like, what are y'all looking forward to for 2019? Like, what big things are y'all like looking forward to? Like, what do you have planned? What's on the what's on the schedule? What's on the what's in the uh, in the plan book for you guys, Don? Um,
1: honestly, I would just like to make it to April, and then whatever happens after that, I don't care.
0: Oh yeah, Don's getting married, y'all now I'm just getting married so y'all if, if I can, can so- just
1: make it to April I'm good just get
0: married to April
1: like t- the world could end as long as
0: I can get
2: married thanks what about you Katie? man um, looking forward to a lot of things man just continuing to grow you know um, you know I'm married now so continuing to grow in that fashion with my
0: wife you know so it's it's just the small things man just the small things bet so. Yeah, it's been a been a really great uh, ride. I think this this, uh, um, you know, I'm thankful for this, how this podcast has gone this year. I definitely look forward to um, a lot of great things happening Um, next year. Just like personally and professionally, I think there's a lot of of things that uh, we'll be able to grow towards and and a lot of things that are happening. Um, You know, we'll keep trying to keep you guys updated, you know, little by little on our lives as you guys continue to listen and follow. But um, I appreciate everybody for um, that has been listening. And um, I appreciate the two of you again for, for uh, coming on board and and rocking. And I think it's definitely, um, I think there's going to be a lot of cool things happening next year. All right, y'all you heard it here first. is your boy Max Weezy. Um joined by uh dime, dime and uh, Katie and this has been another great episode of The Barbershop. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Bye. Later. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of The Shop. Keep showing us love. We appreciate it. Go ahead and rate and review this podcast. And also share on social media and tell your friends about us. And if you're feeling generous, there's a link in the description to become a monthly subscriber. You can do it for as little as 99 cents. And you can support this podcast and help us to grow and to glow. We appreciate all the love. We'll see you next time. Here it's at The Barbershop.
3: Stay tuned.